I should say sorry to NASA now because I'm a fast talker as well. So um, if you don't understand something I say, I'm really, really sorry. Sometimes once I kind of get going, um, I, can, I can go quite fast. So apologies if that's a little too fast, but I just want to go with the wind of the Holy Spirit today. Uh, I just what I really feel that God has kind of put on my heart to share with you guys. It's so great to be with you. Um, Dunk already said it. I'm normally up there leading worship, but preaching, speaking, uh, magnifying Jesus through uh, just sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus is something I'm really hungry, really desperate for, really burning for. And uh, I, you know, I believe these are exciting times that we're in. I've just been at a three-day uh, worship event called Jesus Fields out in Dorset. And it was amazing just to be in the presence of God. It was an outdoor event. So, you know, masks were off, people were distanced and everything, and it was safe. But it was amazing just to come into that space again where we can worship Jesus with that freedom. How many of you are excited for that time where we get to rip these masks off? And, you know, I'm, I, it's not that I'm trying to come against them in a you know, particular kind of way, other than the fact that I think all of us are getting to that point where we're just excited to get to have our voices back. There's something that just feels released. And, you know, I'm normally so often up there leading worship, I've, I think I've only worn a mask like twice or three times in the last year because of all the other times I've been in different churches ministering and so I'm often leading worship. And uh, so it's an interesting experience to kind of worship with the masks on. And I can feel that, that restriction. I'm just so longing and excited for that time where the bride and the church get to come together again and lift our voices and shout to Jesus and make a joyful noise to him. But thank you so much for having me here. It's, 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 um, it's a real privilege, a real honor. I, I, it's very mutual and reciprocal. I love you guys dearly uh, and just so grateful to be a part of, of what's happening here in this church. And uh, worship was amazing this morning, wasn't it? Manuela, Adam, bless you guys. Can we just pray for them um, real quick? Let's just pray for them because I just I felt such a sweet anointing of God's presence on you guys. And so, Father, we just ask right now that, God, you would release a double portion, the anointing of your spirit, God, upon Manuela, upon Adam. Father, we ask that there will be an igniting of your power, God, that lands upon them, that Jesus, when they lead worship, that people would get caught into you. When they lead worship, people would be stirred to love you with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. And so, Lord, we bless them in the name of Jesus. We ask the power power of God would land upon them today fresh in Jesus mighty mighty name amen 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 these are exciting times that we're in and uh, you know I love that you guys went straight for the healing because there are a few things that I had on my list that I wanted to pray for in terms of healing today of words of knowledge and I think you probably covered it all now anyway um, which, <laughs> which is wonderful I will say this if there's anyone watching online and you have digestive issues anything like acid reflux uh, any kind of particular pains digestive related or even if it's in this room anyone needing um, a dental uh, kind of work at the moment, toothaches, whether it's uh, a filling replacement you need, anyone struggling with deafness or tinnitus or particular issues in your ear, uh, and anyone with a frozen stiff right shoulder, particularly a, a lady I think that's for, um, then I just want to pray for you quickly. And we're just going to pray right now in Jesus' name that, Lord, that by the power of the blood, you will cover each of these sicknesses right now. Father, we just declare that by the stripes of Jesus, Lord, that each of these ones are healed today. God, we release right now the kingdom of God. And we say that, Father, every sickness leaves in Jesus' name. Every pain leaves right now in Jesus' name. Father, we command the miracle to manifest and for healing to break out right now in Jesus' name. Jesus mighty name. Lord, we loose the power of God on each of these ones today. And Father, we declare that the kingdom of God comes in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. And so I, I wanted to encourage you first with that. So Dunks asked me to kind of give a prophetic message uh, of what I sense the Lord is saying and wanting to encourage you guys. This is going to be a bit of an amalgamation, probably of a few different things that I'm sensing. So um, I'll try and round it up as much as possible, uh, but it, it might be a little bit of an amalgamation of a few things. I'm not great with timekeeping, so if anyone could do that for me, that would be amazing. I think I've got like a half an hour window, um, but if, if it kind of gets to that 5, 10 minute, 15 minute mark even, um, you can just shout at me and let me know. Um, yeah, carry on, or you can say get off stage. Either is fine. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I wanted to encourage you with that whole healing thing, because I love that you guys are going for that right now. I really believe that we're in the time as the church right now where God is wanting to see and breathe back a restoration of both the anointing for deliverance and both the anointing for healing to come back to the church. Where we start to see uh, that, that great commission, we start to see that mandate that Jesus laid out before the disciples fulfilled in a whole new way. And I think that there's been a, uh, some churches have kept it relatively open over the years. I think some churches have kind of become closed to things like deliverance over the years. I really believe that we're in a time right now where God is wanting to see the momentum kind of built again and to see the breaking in of the kingdom, the advancement of God's power, his rule, his reign being established on the earth through things like deliverance and the miracles of healing that are being released. And I remember that there was a while ago when I was, I was with you guys and we were in a prayer meeting. Dunk told me to come to a 6 a.m. prayer meeting and I, I wasn't even sure that Jesus was awake at that time. But, <laughs> but, but got here and sure enough he was. The presence of God was here. We had an amazing time of prayer. And, and I may have shared it briefly with you then, but I just want to encourage you as a church. You know, as we were praying that morning, I saw like swirling waters in this place. Suddenly I got caught into this place of prayer and it was like I could see in the center of your church this swirling river, this pool of water that was here. And immediately I was taken back to, you know, John 5 at the pool of Bethsaida when the lame man was brought before Jesus and it said that many were there, crowds of, of sick people, lame people, people who needed healing were at this pool and Jesus comes and walks onto the, into the scene and does what he does best and he brings the kingdom and brings healing to this lame man and enables him to walk and I felt like the Lord would say um, that you know, this church, you're called to be like the pool of Bethsaida. You're called to be a people where the sick will come in. You're called to be a church where the, the lame might have to be carried in, even dare I say it, where there will be people who are bound by sicknesses, but they'll have heard and they'll know that Jesus and the presence of the Lord is in this church and in this house. And that when they come in, this is not so much a word about you're just going to have lots of sick people coming in. This is a word about that the sick people are going to come in, but they will be healed when they come into the presence of God here. Because because there is something about this church that is cultivating this hunger for the presence of Jesus. And I know it's been on the hearts of, of you as a leadership team for a long time now. And I, and I see it and I sense it and I feel it when I come into this place. But there is hunger that God is birthing in your church. There is something new that God is wanting to do in the body of Christ right now. And I really believe that the, we are just at the beginning for your church, Trinity Church. I'm wanting to prophesy over you and speak over you as a house today. That you are called to be like a Paul the Bethsaida. Where the lame would come in. Where the sick would be brought in. Where those who are oppressed would be brought in. But they would come to Jesus. They would come to the healing waters. They would come and drink of the river of life that never runs dry. They would come and feast on the river of God's delight when they walk into this room. And so I really believe that there is an anointing for it, the influx of miracles. And so you could just yes and amen that with me and come into that agreement. I really, really want to see that more and more. And, I, and I'm passionate for that uh, for you guys as a church. And it's, it's just been amazing to kind of see, uh, you know, really what the Lord is wanting to release here. 
And I, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things that the Lord actually spoke to me through this, this John chapter 5 on the, the, the healing at this, this pool was, you know, I was, I was struck by it. it was a lame man. And one of the things I felt the Lord say to me is that you need to know as a church, this is not just about those who are physically lame that will get healed. This is about those who have been stuck, those who have been paralyzed. This is about those who have been unable to walk in different seasons of their life. This is about those who feel like because of whatever reason, whether it's intimidation, whether it's the spirit of fear, whether it's bondage or things that have been hindering them, that there are people that have been stuck that are going to get loosed when they come into this church. There are people that have not previously been able to walk because they've been stuck in their past and the things of long ago, but God is going to enable their feet to suddenly get pulled out of the mud. It's like, you remember that stuck in the mud game as a kid? How many of you used to play that? Or maybe it was just sort of my, my, my generation. All right, never mind. Okay, well, what it was, <laughs> was this great game that we played as kids running around in school where You'd have like a team of whatever, five or ten of you, and you'd all run around. Someone would be tagging someone, and, and they would be stuck in the mud. And, and it was their job, basically, to stick everyone in the mud. And then it was your, your friends on your team. They had to make their best efforts to run around and, and, uh, and, and, and tag them so they get unstuck. Anyway, that's not really that important other than, <laughs> other than this. God showed me this kind of picture of that game, like stuck in the mud. And it's really this case of when the power of God comes upon the people, suddenly their legs are going to get loosed, and they're going to be free to move. So this is not just necessarily a, a physical, literal thing that I sense that I was seeing for you guys as a church, but really uh, prophetically and on a kind of an emotional level, on a spiritual level, um, so that we can really come into the things that God has, has called us to. So one of the things I really felt as I was praying for this this week, and I was asking God, what do you want to say to Trinity Church? What do you want to encourage them with right now in the season that they're in? First is this, that I believe that you're in a season of transition. I believe that there is a waiting process that has been taking place over the last year. And I know much of the church globally has been going through this anyway. But I believe that there is this waiting period that has been over the last year where some of you feel like you've even been in a cocoon. Some of you might feel like you've been in a chrysalis. You've been in this form that's kind of been in a waiting, but I really believe that right now God says that there is an acceleration and there is an opening and there is an expansion where growth is about to take place, and but where there is a transition uh, into the new. And as I was praying, I suddenly saw these lanterns. And this is kind of something I really wanted to touch on today. Um, just let me know, what time should I be aiming to finish at? Because there's a, there's a clock on that wall that I can use as well. Midnight. <laughs> Midnight. Like 22 quarter two, something like that. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. Great. Um, <laughs> I'm just so aware of my timekeeping not being always that great once I, once I get excited talking about Jesus. So, um, but yeah, I, I, saw, I saw these lanterns being lit and I just saw these, these lamps of oil being lit and I felt like the Lord say that there was, uh, this, it was a call from God for you as a house to buy oil in this next season. That there was a, a call from the Lord that would say, buy oil, otherwise all of us are going to run on empty. That there was a, a reprioritizing that God was wanting to bring to us once again as a church. There was a, uh, a replacing of weariness for rest. There was an exchange that I saw taking place in the church that some of you have come in and you've had, or some of you may be watching online and you've had heavy hearts. You've had hearts that have felt really weary and really exhausted. And, and the Lord is wanting to bring an exchange of that weariness for the rest that comes in his presence. And then I saw you as a church soaring on the wings of eagles. And I felt like the Lord said that there will be an acceleration that's going to come, that's going to enable you to fly from the place where you've been previously waiting and the place where you've previously been unable to fly. For some of you, 
you where you felt like your wing has been clipped and you've just been asking the Lord, Lord, why have I not been able to fly? Why have I not been able to get to this place of, of, of entering into what you're calling me to be? And I, I believe that uh, God is calling you as a house to soar on the wings of eagles. And I believe that God is calling you to be a church that will buy oil in this season. And I'm reminded of the parable, you know, of the in Matthew 25, the foolish virgins and the, or, the, or the 10 bridesmaids, depending on the translation that you, you use. And it's, it's an amazing parable. And I'm not going to really unpack that parable too much other than, you know, the main points we've got are they, uh, they, they took their lamps out to meet the bridegroom, these, these, these uh, bridesmaids. Five were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones, what happened? They didn't have oil. You remember that? The wise, what happened with them? They had enough for extra. They were ready. They were prepared. And it said that when the shout of the bridegroom came, they got up and prepared their lamps. The foolish ones, they asked for oil from the others as their lamps were going out. And so while they went out to go and buy the oil, the bridegroom came and they missed it. So those who were ready, it says that they entered into the feast. Those who were not were shut out. And, and, and it's, it's where the Lord kind of it ends with the Lord saying, believe me, I don't know you to those ones who didn't have enough oil. And I'm not really going to unpack this about the coming of the, the, you know, the end of the age and uh, that, that aspect of it. Other than the principle that I think that we can learn from this one way or another is that the Lord is calling for all of us as a church to buy oil. God is calling for all of us as a church to be prepared. Be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Be prepared for what it is that God is doing in the earth. That we, you know, we're, we're called to live, yes, in the day by day, but we're also called to be a people of preparation. Remember when Jesus said to watch out, to be prepared, to be ready for what is coming. And, and many of us, we need to be ready for what is coming. You as a church need to be ready for what is coming, for what the Lord is about to do among you. That's a, it's, it's, it's a scary scripture, that one that says, believe me, I don't know you. It correlates really well with Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23, where it says, many will come to me at the, uh, you know, on that judgment day and say, Lord, did we not uh, cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name? But I will say to them, I will close the door and I will say to them, depart from me, you workers of evil, for I never knew you. That's a startling message. That's a startling scripture that's given to us. That these were people that were performing the miracles. These were people that were seeing demons being cast out. And yet God said, I closed the door. I never knew you. There's a, something that God is putting on the inside of us that says that we have to be a people that do not merely operate just from an anointing. Because you can have an anointing to still heal the sick and yet have your heart far from Jesus. That's a, a really dangerous place to be. It means that you can actually confuse the anointing for rest. What do I mean by that? It means you can be deceived in your heart in thinking that because you're seeing the power of God move in and through your life or because you're seeing Jesus touch people, it must be, uh, it must be a correlation that you're in a good place with God. And instead, we can sometimes forget that actually our hearts aren't even rested in him. I remember I learned this lesson a few years ago. I started traveling a lot itinerantly at that point, and I was, I was going from country to country and place to place, ministering, and we were still having great times of worship. But isn't it crazy that you can still be in full-time ministry, and yet you can still be kind of distant from Jesus yourself? I Don't get me wrong. I still love the Lord. I felt really passionate for God, but I wasn't spending that time in a secret place with him that I needed to because I was so busy traveling from one place to the next place to the next place. I, you can get so busy, caught up in the works of God, 
that we forget what it means to prioritize being in the rest of God. And so I had to kind of really come back to this place where God said to me, you know, just because you're seeing people still getting touched by my power, you need to take a look at, you know, and, and check yourself, examine your heart, see if there be any grievous way inside of our hearts. Check yourself and are you rested in God? What place are you primarily operating from? And I'm not talking about this just from those of us who are in full-time ministry. I'm talking about it with your families or whatever it is in your workplace or the jobs that you have going on. What's the place that you're operating from? Is it coming from the place of living water? Is it coming from the place of resting in Jesus? Or is it coming from a works mentality? Is it coming from a, a dependency on yourself? Remember the scripture said it's not by might or by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. There is a, a call and a desperation that God has put on the inside of us that would say it has to be by the Spirit of God. Jesus, the way I live my life has to be by your presence. I cannot do without it. I cannot live without it. And I remember in that time feeling almost on the brink of burnout. Just that place of exhaustion. And suddenly I remember in that moment, it was like, oh Lord, I forgot. I need to come right back into that secret place. This is the answer to everything. This is the key. So this is the place where everything flows out from our life, the place of true fruitfulness. Fruitfulness flows from that place of obedience, right? The obedience comes as you begin to dwell and rest in the presence of God and come into that intimacy with Jesus day and night. And so I suddenly remembered in that moment, oh gosh, Lord, I missed your presence. I've missed you. How many of you have felt that before? You know those seasons you kind of go through. I know all of us have probably had those seasons. You've been really close with God and then, and then you have other times where you just don't really feel very close to God. And then you feel him pulling your heart and I remember what it felt like coming back to his presence thinking, God, I've missed you. And his reply was, I've missed you too. Now, you know, when, when, the, when the Lord says things like that, it just breaks, it breaks the heart. Because what God is looking for in the earth is not just sons of God, it's not just servants of God, he's looking for friends. The scripture, I think it's in Psalm 25 verse 14, where it says that God makes his covenant known with those who fear his name, or God makes his secrets known to those who fear his name. A person can only reveal the secrets of their heart if you get close enough to be able to hear their whisper. You have to get close enough to the ear of the person to be able to be trusted and to be able to hear the mysteries and the secrets that they're wanting to share. And so, um, you know, the, the, the oil in this parable, I, th I think it just, it speaks to me of the the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Uh, I mean, I need the Holy Spirit every day. <laughs> Sometimes I think I don't know what I'd do uh, without it. You know, I know what my weaknesses are. I know what my insecurities are. I know what my fears are. You know, we have to become aware of that stuff, and we have to be bold enough to say that I know what I'm like when I'm not kind of walking in that measure of God's presence. And it, you might call it, you know, the practice of God's presence, that, that daily living in the inviting Jesus into everything. And so I've become aware that, that I, I need that presence. Guys, we need our, our lamps to be lit in this season. We cannot afford for what God is doing even in the earth and for what's coming. I don't, we can't afford to be a people that have dimly lit lamps that go out. We have to have these, these burning flames of fire for the kingdom of God that are, that are within us that people see. 
Come on, Jesus, would you do it even today? Would you set our hearts on fire, God, even right now? Would you begin to bring a burning of your presence, God, that we can't be a people that have one foot in the kingdom and one foot out? We need to ensure that these lamps, God, are being burning bright with fresh oil today. You know, why is it that we need oil, guys? We need that oil uh, because so much of the time, intimacy, the oil of intimacy has been substituted for counterfeit things, for counterfeit pleasures. You know, Jeremiah 2.12 talks about this. It says, be shocked, be uh, utterly appalled, O heavens, for your people have committed two evils. They have dug out broken cisterns that hold no water. People were digging wells, digging broken cisterns that did not, they were not full with that living water, but they were broken cisterns. And this is what happens so much of the time. We substitute that oil of intimacy for counterfeit pleasures, counterfeit things that we, where we try to keep our lamps lit. And, but our passion for Jesus isn't just, it just isn't sustainable when we do that. Sometimes they're not even bad, the activities that we're doing. Sometimes it's the, it's the case of we're trying to keep our lamps lit with, with our Bible readings every day and our, and our prayers every day. And none of that's bad except for the fact that when it becomes religious, it then becomes an idol. When it becomes an idol in that way, it becomes a stronghold that actually binds us rather than liberating us. All those activities are good. Those spiritual disciplines are amazing. Reading the word, praying in the spirit, worshiping the Lord, soaking in his presence, meditating upon him, tarrying. All of that stuff is good, but it needs to be coming from a place, uh, you know, in our hearts that's authentic that says, I want you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. We need to be a people that eat of the manna of heaven. We need to be a people that drink of that, that living water. Jesus is the bread of life. He said, all who come to me shall never hunger. All who believe in me shall never thirst again. This is the promise of the word of God. This is the promises that are laid out for us in the scriptures. Come on. How many of us want to never hunger again? How many of us want to never grow thirsty again? Not in the physical. This is a, it's a spiritual implications. We're a people that want to be satisfied by God. We are a people that want to be, uh, you know, full with Jesus. Come on, are we eating the, the bread of life or are we, are we eating of the crumbs of the temporary in life? We need this oil so that others will see Jesus. It's one of the pictures I saw for you. You know, as a house, you have such an anointing for like evangelism and missions. I know that's, that's deep in your heart, reaching out to those who are lost in your workplaces and your business places and the, the light shines brightest in the darkest of places. We need that, that light, the Christ in us, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We need that to be shining forth through our life. The oil is what enables you and I to walk through the valley places. It's what enables us to walk through the dark seasons of the soul. How many of you have had kind of hard seasons over the last year? Oh, hands raised, come on. <laughs> Maybe not everybody, but a few, few of us. So many people have been struggling over the last year, one way or another. This oil of God's presence, this oil of intimacy is needed so that we're able to walk through these places of the valley and the trials that are before us. Some of you, I feel like, you know, you've, we've been knocked out by the enemy over this year. We've had life that's been tried to be robbed from us. And, and some people have even felt this thing of, I'm not who I, who I used to be. What's kind of happened? And the enemy's tried to knock the wind out of us. But I, I'm reminded of, of Daniel 3. 
And I want to bring this as an encouragement to someone today. For those of you who might be still walking through a valley, or you might be going through some kind of a particular struggle or a trial. Remember in Daniel 3 when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were placed into that fiery furnace because of their allegiance to Jesus. They refused to bow to the idol of Nebuchadnezzar. They refused to offer up their worship to another. They stood steadfast before God, and they got thrown into the fire and, and I love it. I think it's, it's such a, a beautiful picture that's painted the way the Lord appeared as a fourth man standing there in the fire. And I remember even hearing the Lord speak some time ago about this. And he said that God allows the fire and then he becomes present in the fire so that you would have the assurance that it was God who took you through the fire. This is what happens when we journey through those seasons of suffering. God allows it. There's no arguing with that. But then his intention is that we find him and he becomes present in the fire. So that then when you come out the other side of it refined as gold, you would understand that it was actually the assurance of him that brought you through it. Not someone else, not something else, but Jesus. Just a, uh, just a couple of last kind of things to just kind of take from this, this, this idea and this heart of this we need to buy oil you can't buy someone else's oil you cannot buy someone else's oil what do I mean by that I mean sometimes you go to a conference or an event looking for the great man or woman of God maybe to lay their hands on you and to, to have an infilling of fire there's nothing wrong with that I've been to tons of conferences over the time and if someone's walking in, in a measure of God's presence Amazing. I really, really want that. But we cannot become dependent upon that. We cannot look at the oil that Duncan has and say, I want his oil. He's got buckets of it overflowing. We cannot look at that and say, I want that oil. You can't take that because you can only buy oil for yourself. You have to purchase it where? Two minutes, okay. You have to purchase it in the secret place with Jesus where you're alone with him. Why else can't you buy oil? You can't buy someone else's character. Character is formed between you and Jesus. Character is formed when you go through the trials and the struggles and you go through whatever it is that the Lord is allowing you to go through and yield yourself in surrender towards him. Character is formed in our conforming to the image of Christ. It's 2 Corinthians 3.18 that says this, that we with unfailed faces beholding the glory of God are what? We are becoming transformed from one degree of glory to another into his likeness. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I think that's amazing. It sets this precedent before us. It says, that which you behold, you become. And this really is the essence of our worship. Whatever it is that you behold is what you'll become. And so when we behold Jesus, we start to get conformed into his image. We start to look like him. How many of us want to look more like Jesus? I remember Smith Wigglesworth sharing this story. You know, when he was on trains and people would get convicted of their sins while he was on the train. He, I've read it, I'm reading this devotional of his at the moment and it's amazing. He starts talking about how he was in this wonderful season of prayer with God. And when he got onto this train carriage, there were three ministers there that just looked at him and said, we're convicted just by looking at you of our sins and got down on their knees on this train and began to weep. And then he says, not long before that, the whole carriage was on their, on their knees, weeping and repenting before God. Moses, when he came off that mountain, when the glory of God was shining upon him, this is what happens when you and I get by oil, we get into that place of God's presence. We begin to shine with the likeness. We begin to shine uh, with the glory of God so that others might see us. Profound things begin to start happening. Supernatural, 
you know, sometimes strange things even begin to happen. I had a time um, a couple years ago where I got locked into this encounter with the eyes of fire, where I, I, I was brought into something that I can only really describe as the closest thing I've had as an experience with the eyes of fire. And, uh, and I was weeping for a couple hours before the Lord, and, and it was like I was taken before the throne room of God. And as, as I was in this kind of vision, being taken uh, before the throne of God, every time I, got, I looked into his eyes, I fell straight onto the floor on my knees. And in the natural, I just broke into weeping over and over again. Here's the thing. I didn't know. Sometimes we don't know what that has wrought. We don't know what has been reaped from those encounters that time that you've been spending with Jesus. I didn't know the impact that that would have until afterwards I started traveling to a few places. And I didn't tell anyone really about this encounter I had with Jesus and his eyes of fire. But while I was in ministering in Netherlands, I remember the weekend and someone said to me, well, what's happening to your eyes? We could see flames in them when you were speaking. And then there was another guy at the, this, this event we were doing. And, uh, and he said, I don't know what's happened to your eyes, but while you were preaching, I could see beams of, of light, light and fire shooting out through your eyes. And then came back to London and had another person come up to me saying, something's changed about your eyes. There's this fire, there's this flame in them. Sometimes we're not always aware in a moment of what happens in an encounter with God, but God will use it to touch people and, and mark us. You know, we need to be conformed to that image of Jesus. Lord, do it in each of us. Okay, last couple of things, guys. Um, I know I'm running fast. I hope this is okay. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just on the, on the back of what I was saying, there's this guy, Eric Gilmore. He's one of my favorite preachers, a great guy. And, and I love what he says. He says, if the, if the uh, public touch doesn't turn into the private kiss, it will all fade away. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? And it, and it, it speaks again of this need. He was, he was birthed in around the Brownsville revival. Kind of, he was right in the thick of that. And uh, you know, he talks about how there were men of, and women of God there who got absolutely shaken by the Holy Spirit. But today... Uh, they're no longer walking with Jesus because they never prioritized uh, that private kiss between them and God. So we cannot depend upon sometimes just that kind of touch in that one moment. I remember that used to happen. How many of you have been to like Spring Harvest, New Wine, or any of those? I mean, you've got Catalyst, you've got other stuff, haven't you, in the New Frontiers Network. But those kind of events, I remember as a teenager going to those and getting filled like the Holy Spirit and loving it. And I remember a few weeks later, it all just like fading away. Just gone again. It's like you go for your yearly top up. <laughs> hoping, hoping that it would stay. And it's because I was never knew about this gift and this call that was on us. Do we have to keep buying oil? We don't just buy it once and that's it. Remember the scriptures say to go on being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do we get this oil? We get it by going to the secret place. Remember in Matthew 6, verse 6, it says, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is a beautiful promise that God has given us, that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. If you go in and shut the door behind you and seek the face of God, it's on the heart of God to reward you and to bless you. I went into a, um, a three-day lockaway last year with Jesus that I think was one of the most powerful experiences and encounters of my entire life that I've ever had. They were three of the best days that I've ever experienced. And I, I remember feeling like the heart of God pulling me, saying, just come and be away with me. You know, we were right in the midst of lockdown. I mean, there wasn't much else to do anyway. You know, but, but you, know, you can fill your time with so many other things, can't you? And when God doesn't satisfy us, we seek to get our entertainment in other places. When God isn't enough for us, we begin to feed off other things. God isn't, he doesn't want to be an entertainment for us. He wants to satisfy us. Anyway, so I felt him pulling me 
over this time and just saying, come and be away with me. And I just knew I got to lock away for three days. So I pretty much was kind of in a room for three days almost, except for, you know, trips to the toilet and to make a cup of tea and uh, that kind of stuff. And um, I'd never done that before. I'd spent hours being with Jesus before and loved it, but I was like, gosh, what's this going to feel like spending 15, 16, 17 hours just being in the presence of God? Is it going to be really hard? Am I going to get bored? All of these questions started going through my mind. And early on, I just remember weeping as God says, thank you for doing this. Thanks for giving your time to me, son. Thanks for making the opportunity uh, to be a friend of mine. And, and I remember these three days turned out to be three of the most um, joy-filled, peace-filled, life-fulfilling days that I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, it was, it was life-changing. I wept for hours over these three days. But it was like I had a great banquet. It was like I was fed a great feast in God's arms and in God's presence. And, and, and the things I saw kind of in the, in the spirit with God were just remarkable to me, were mind-blowing um, at the time. But it was, it was, it was such a time for me to buy oil. It's such a time to get my lantern refilled. And, and I really believe that this is just something that God is, is calling you to as a church again, that God wants to relight and reignite that ember that for some of you has felt like it's been burning dry for a while, where for some of you, you feel like I used to have that passion for Jesus, but I've been busy. I've been caught up. I've been distracted by other things, and I've just lost that first love. I've lost that passion I once had. I've lost that, that kind of momentum and that, that kind of hunger for Jesus that I used to have. He doesn't even taste that sweet anymore. This is what happens for some of us. We become numb to the presence of the Lord. God wants to break off that numbness, I believe, even this morning, and to reignite that flame of passion and hunger and that first love that you once had for the Lord. Or maybe you've never had a touch of the Holy Spirit before, but I believe that God wants to light your lantern full of oil today. Some of you have been disillusioned, you know, disappointed by the works and the words of the enemy. Some of you have faced those accusations. Those lies have been sent forth like an arrow. And there's a, there's a calling of the body of Christ to take up their armor even today. But God wants to break the power of those arrows that have been sent in to bruise some of you and harm you. There's, that's even caused like a, a doubting and a confusion about the nature of God. And this is what part of the enemy's ploy is, right? If he can get you disillusioned, if he can get you discouraged, if he can get you confused about what you believe about the nature of God, he knows in that moment that that's his opportunity to start to breed unbelief and hopelessness back in, into your soul. So we, we've got to become you know, aware of, of what he's trying to do. I think one of the biggest things that the enemy has been trying, uh, well, not just this year, but as a whole, I think is he's made it his aim to distract us. You know, you kind of look at every, every place where you're kind of hindered. Whether it's your time, whether it's your finances, whether it's worry, fears, whatever it might be, sicknesses. Um, he wants to take our focus and put it on those things instead of upon the Lord. But remember what David said. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. What does that mean? It means to have something set before you or to have something placed in front of you, other things have to be left behind. There's an exchange that needs to take place for each of us where we set Jesus behind us. What is it that needs to be left behind you today so that Jesus might be positioned rightfully at the forefront uh, of your life? I'm going to end it kind of around there. Oh, this is the other last thing I will share. Sorry. Um, I believe that God is giving you as a church eagle-eyed vision. 
I believe that God is, is reprioritizing and shifting things for you as a church and is, and is, is, is calling for those lanterns to be, uh, to be lit. I believe that healing anointing is increasing. There's an influx of miracles that's coming into this house. But I felt the Lord say that there's an eagle-eyed vision that I've given to Trinity Church. These are a, a prophetic people, a prophetic church who are called to know and hear the voice of the Lord. Um, but I, I saw um, just a sharpening of that prophetic eye that God has given to you as a church. That the, the prophetic, I think, is going to be um, kind of released at a new level. There's gonna, some of you have dreams and visions and things like that that you kind of get in the nighttime but maybe haven't been sharing. And I, and I feel like you need to be sharing them with your, your leadership, um, with the team here, that there's something about the eagle eye vision that God is giving you as a house that's going to really start to begin to see into the hearts of men. Um, and God's going to use this prophetic anointing on you as a house, to, even in the business place, the marketplace, but as well as in the church and in ministry as well. Um, and so I, I feel that pretty strong. And um, the last scripture I'll read for you, and then I will end, <laughs> is uh, from Isaiah 40. And this is, this is something I really felt for you guys, uh, because part of this transition is acceleration. There's an acceleration that is, is coming for you, and I felt uh, the Lord give me this scripture for you. And it's uh, the very well-known one from verse 28 saying, Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, or those who wait on the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they shall not faint. And I believe that this is for you as a house, that the Lord would say that that season of the weariness and that season uh, of growing weary and tired and exhausted is being broken off and that there is an acceleration and a transition now that God is wanting to bring as a house. And so if I could just pray for you guys as a church, and then if there is anyone at the end, um, I'm going to love to pray for you, whether it's just for that lantern to be filled fresh again, uh, whether it's any kind of struggle or bondage that you're in, um, it'd be great if we could pray. But I'm just going to corporately pray over you guys. Uh, yeah, Adam, if you could play something, it would be great. Uh, yeah, why don't you just stand? Thanks so much for uh, just listening and coming, hopefully coming into agreement with, with this today. But um, Father, right now, I just thank you for this amazing church. Lord, I thank you for this amazing house. Father, I thank you, God, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that is here. Why don't you just begin to pray in tongues for a few moments, guys? Just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the gift of tongues, just say, Jesus, come and fill this place. Jesus, come and fill this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just lift our voice a little bit longer. John, maybe we could just have the keys up a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we say even right now that, God, that this church are breaking into the new. Father, we thank you that, God, the old wineskins are being removed and that there is a new wineskin for Trinity Church, Lord. We thank you that even right now that, God, you are breaking the season of weariness off. Come on, if you've been weary or you've been exhausted or tired, lift your hand to Jesus. Father, we just agree right now that, God, that that spirit of fatigue and weariness and exhaustion is being broken right now in Jesus' name. Father, we come 
against chronic fatigue in the name of Jesus. We command, Lord, that burnout and tiredness is being broken by the Spirit of God. Lord, we ask right now that you would loose your fire. Father, we ask right now that you would loose a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, we say, come and fill us. Lord, let our lanterns be lit bright again. Lord, let our lanterns be filled. Father, we want to be a people that are ready. We want to be a people that are prepared. We want to be a people that are burning for Jesus. We want to be a people that are possessed by the Holy Spirit. We want to be a people that are filled with life itself, Lord, to a broken and a dying world. We want to be a people whose lanterns are light in the places of darkness. Come on, ask Jesus today. Fill me with fresh fire. Fill me with the oil. Fill me with the anointing, God, today. Lord, let your power fall in this place right now. We ask, Father, that you would break through. God, every Goliath, God, that has been. Father, we declare that every stronghold be broken right now in Jesus' name. Father, we agree that every spirit of heaviness would even be lifted off right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you felt um, anyone with a spirit of heaviness, uh, where you felt kind of either really low, just put your hand over your head this morning or your mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. So, Father, right now we agree for those who have come under what has felt like a spirit of heaviness and a weight in this season. Father, we command that to be broken right now in Jesus' mighty name. We agree right now by the power of the blood that, God, it lifts off this church and it lifts off those who have come under a heaviness. We declare that the Lord says, I have not given you a spirit of heaviness, but I have given you a garment of praise. Father, we thank you for that anointing of worship that is here. And, Lord, we pray even right now that the the anointing of praise and worship would break through the atmosphere today. Break through the atmosphere today. Break through this place today, Lord. Let your glory fall. Touch each of those who have come under the lies of the enemy, God. Touch those who have come under that heavy weight, God. We say in Jesus' name, it is broken right now by the blood, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, send your fire. Send your fire. Send your fire here. Maybe just place a hand over your heart. Dunk, if you want to come join me and just whatever you feel led to do, just put a hand over your heart and just pray. Let's pray, Holy Spirit, I need that fire. I need that oil of intimacy. Thank you, Jesus. Keep praying, guys. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we, we simply say we love you. Lord, let the oil of gladness run over us today. Jesus. I feel that, that the picture that you, you shared, Steve, of the, you know, buying oil. And, and you know, you may think, well, you know, what do I do? And... And I just, I think one very practical thing is this, that we don't run meetings to run meetings for their own sake. But one thing you could do is come to an encounter night on Thursday. Because the whole point of an encounter night is you're buying oil. You're just, you're buying oil. You're coming into the presence of the living God. And he'll reorientate you. And I see there was so much that I think that you shared. And 
that the anointing for healing and you just need to know that we we are in this a transition moment and we've talked about it but we believe that you know in the months and the years to come God is going to plant many churches out of us and the handful of churches that we're connecting with we believe it and even just on Friday I met together with with Andy Cooley and Clive Sharp and we're saying what are the hallmarks that we want to sort of like be growing with the King we must be confident to pray for deliverance and we agreed that we must be confident to pray for healing and we must be confident to pray for the gospel that people would cross the line of faith and if we could have those three things and we could plant churches be people who are confident to pray for healing and to pray for deliverance and to speak the gospel with confidence and to bring to people to cross the line of faith well God could do a mighty thing Jesus, I want to thank you that that you've spoken into our lives again this morning. God, you are about an extraordinary thing. It's your confidence. It's your kingdom that is breaking out again and again. And we're simply going to go with you, O Lord. Who else could we go with? (laughs) Who else could satisfy us but you, O Lord, have the words of eternal life. And we're with you. We're standing with you. We want to be filled with a spirit overflowing. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is what it's all for. I just you know wanted to echo what Dunk was just saying there. This is what it's all about. This buying of oil, guys, this this pursuing the Lord this having our lanterns filled is it's all about Jesus it's not about anything or anyone else it's all about Jesus that the kingdom might be built and established that he might be glorified and magnified that you might love him with all your heart soul strength and mind Lord help us to love you with all that we are Help us to yield and surrender to you afresh, Lord. Help us to say no to the things of the world and say yes to your presence, God.